Hi guys and girls, it's uh, Mark here in the Saddle Podcast and we had some great guests on this episode focusing on Epsom, the Derby and the Oaks. We had a little chat about Sandown with the Eclipse and Enable. Um, it's a very interesting podcast. We had some outlandish claims from Lucky Loaders, some big prices and we had Carl Headley, our Irish tipster who contributes with the Irish Post in Ireland. He was a great guest. Hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. The we're going to look at on this podcast is the Invested Oaks, which is dominated by two horses at the top of the market. Love for Aidan O'Brien and frankly darling for John Gosling, who both have great records in this race. What does our Irish judge Carl like in this race? Yes, uh, very much so. Um, I think that uh, she she showed herself to be uh, very good last year as a juvenile, you know, when she won the Group 3 Silver Flash Stakes at Leopard's Time um, on my 40th birthday of all days. Um, so that's dead with me. And then uh, she won the Moigler. Um, in September as well. Um, she was tried at the mile um, towards the uh, later part of last year and finished third on her first trip at it. Um, and then she made her seasonal reappearance this year in the 1,000 guineas and uh, absolutely demolished focus spirits uh, by around about four lengths. Um, and you mark it very, very impressive. So the form of the race, I think, is actually beginning to work out. Um, Under the Stars, who finished sixth that day, has come out to win subsequently and i just think she deserves to be at the head of the market i don't i don't think that there's anything behind her that needs to scare her she's currently best place even money in the moment take all the beating yeah she was a very very impressive last time out under ryan Moore. Um, and even with that sort of performance you, you think that she would appreciate the step up and trip um i do think that was quite a good race and we see a lot of winners from behind even further winners and what about you, Chris? Are you are you with Love or are you against her? Uh definitely, definitely against her. Um, really? Yeah. I, like I think I think the thousand guineas form is absolute garbage. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think in that race there was a lot of horses that are sprinters rather than milers. Um and Love was just the best of a bad bunch. Um I think yeah, under the stars, as Carl mentioned, is the only horse that's come and frank that race. You had like nice horses in there from last season, like Boomer. She she bounced out. Uh, Cloak of Spirits and Quadrilateral didn't really do much of the in the form book, in my opinion. I don't think the Coronation Stakes was that good. That was let down by so wonderful, and I just think that then we're not going to be. They're not going to be tearing up any trees for the rest of the season. I, th- I think it was a really weak uh, renewal of the 1,000 guineas, and I actually think the better 1,000 guineas was the Irish version. And I- I'd rather, I would love to have seen Peaceful run in this race, but they've sent her to the pre-Diane, which is at the weekend. Um, I really would have liked to seen Peaceful. I think she's the best three-year-old filly in uh, A.N.A. Brian's yard. Something I've said from-, from the start of the season, you know, and obviously she went and won the 1,000 Irish guineas, you know, in good style. So, yeah, I think Love, um, I don't think she deserves to be favourite. I think she should be second favourite. Frankly, darling, 
is the solid candidate here for the Oppenheim, the Oppenheim, as you know, she's proven at the trip. Love has got to go half a mile up in trip. That's an extra four furlongs. Sometimes, like I said, many times before these guineas horses, we get carried away that they're going to go, go and do it up in trip, you know, and, and Love, she does have a little bit of stamina in her pedigree, but I think, and I just think that Frankie Darling is just going to keep on improving and improving and improving. And, um, I quite liked her Riversdale win. I was I was against her for Royal Ascot because I thought the race might just come a little bit too quickly. And even in the race at the beginning, I thought she was beat because she was so keen. Um, but it, that was a sign that she's a she could be a top-class filly. The fact that she kept finding more at the finish, you know, and it was quite a comfortable win. I don't think the form, though, in behind was that good. You had an Anisti Mum, who I don't think is going to reverse the form. Passion is a horse that... Uh, I've liked for a long time, but I'm, I just think she's crying out for a longer trip and she might be able to place under Podrake Beggy. But yeah, I don't think, I think this is a really weak Oaks. And I think frankly, Darling is just, again, uh, she's going to be the best of a bad bunch. In my opinion, she's just going to be the only good horse in the race. I, I see, I don't see love getting home. And uh, I think it's uh, frankly, Darling's to lose. So you'd probably say this, you would back, frankly, Darling currently two to one instead of laying love because it is such a weak affair. Um, I know that you've got that look on your face. You're thinking about place laying love, aren't you? I wouldn't place layer. I wouldn't place layer. Cause... It's like some warrior confidence. No, you're not at that level. No, because... This, this is a weak race, Chris. I, I, I think it's... I have to disagree with you on this. I, I think... Um, I agree with Carl. I think it's love's well clear, in my opinion. But, I yeah. just think between... Um... Ian O'Brien and uh, John Gosden have this race between them, won it many, many times over the last years with Ian O'Brien, you know, just coming out on top. Um, I just think he, you know, loves by Galileo. He knows the pedigree and he knows exactly what it takes to win this. There's still question marks over um, the, the breeding with uh, Frankly Darling and stuff like that. There. So I, I just think it's all in the pedigree. And uh, he knows exactly what it will take to win this. And it's not the strongest of renewals. So completely with love here. Yeah, I am with Carl on this one, so I have to disagree with Lucky Lola on this. I think even money's a decent price. Um, moving on to the next big race at Epsom, which is the Bruce of the Mall, the Epsom Derby. What are you with here, Chris? Um, have you got, got a rabbit out of the hat here? What would you like? Um, I think this is the trickiest derby we've had for a long time. I think it's a good derby. Um, I think I think even though there's not like many top horses coming into it, maybe like Pintubo, obviously not running here, but obviously he would have been mad to have been running in this race anyway. Even before he ran in the Guineas, I would always thought, like I always said, I always thought he would be a six, seven furlong horse. Um, I think I think that it could produce some nice horses. I think the form could be good that later on down the line, it, and a lot of these could definitely. Uh, beat each other and reverse the form later on in the season but I think uh, that could be a star that could emerge English King has obviously uh, been well hyped for this race but he's been drawn in still one which isn't a good omen only three winners since 1967 I think have come from this draw so that's a slight negative also as well was the same draw that Saxon Warrior was in uh, a couple of years ago when I was totally against him so he's got that stat to overcome yeah, English King, you've got to respect his credentials. The the Berkshire Rocco form has worked out to some extent, um, as 
he finished second to Santiago, who obviously went and won the Irish Derby last weekend. So you've got to think that English King is probably the right favourite for the race. I think Kamiko is interesting. I think he might run a similar kind of race that Roaring Lion uh, ran a couple of years ago when he just got outstayed, but he still ran a blinder to make the frame. I, I could see him running well, um, but I just think he'd be more effective over 10 furlongs personally. I think he'd be perfectly Doncaster. He ought to maybe a flat track. Yeah, I could see him going to the Jubmont. I think that that would be a tailor-made race for him. Uh, I think I think that's where he would be really effective. Um, Mogul number one O'Brien horse, or um, or according. Or is he? Yeah, it, it, or is he? I was doing some research earlier actually, because obviously you know how I'm Ryan Moore's biggest fan, and um, since. Since uh, 2017, uh, in, in, this is in England, not Ireland, but in England, Aidan O'Brien has had 10 classic winners and uh, Ryan Moore has ridden four of them. So that's a 40% strike rate, which you might think is good, but the majority of those winners came in 2017. And in 2018 and 2019, he hasn't really been riding... He hasn't been riding the winner in, in these big races, you know. He hasn't won, yesterday hasn't won the Derby for a few years now. Um, you, you've had uh, Anthony Van Dyke, um, Wings of Eagles, you know. They weren't, they weren't apparently the first string on, on paper because Ryan obviously gets the choice. He's chosen Mogul, uh, the talking horse throughout the winter. I wasn't that impressed with his run at Ascot, but the family do suggest that they take like to take a step forward. The winner was very impressive. Pile driver was a good winner that day. I just think he was probably the best named horse in training too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, pile driver. Uh, I think he's. I think he'll run a solid but valiant race. But I'm not sure like how much more has he got to come. Was was that his day in the sun? I I can see that that being um being the one. I I I could make a case though for so many. I think Highland Chief could have a chance. I'm just going through the whole field here, uh, but yeah, I'm well, really, which I'm one, really, which one I'm really hard to, I'm really finding it hard to nail my colours to the mast. But if I had to have a bet, like I think I would just really have a fun bet in this and have a small stakes each way. And I can't even pronounce this. Amranan Bianth, if that's how you pronounce. It's the, the outsider, hundred to one. Was oh, it hundred to one? Well, hundred to one, yeah. Well. It's actually got a nice pedigree for this race. It's actually related quite closely to, to Was for, for Aidan O'Brien, who won the Epsom Oaks uh, a few years ago now. And if you actually look at what he's done so far, he hasn't he hasn't won yet a race, but the race uh, that he finished in behind the likes of Tiger Moth, Order of, uh, Order of Australia, that form has been boosted from the Irish Derby. And we know that Aiden O'Brien's horses are going to improve after a run, you know. And the Derby over the last few years, it's these horses that have been at the top end of the market, they haven't really come to the fore. And and we saw that last weekend as well. Like even though Santiago did win the Irish Derby, you know, you had some big, big price. The other big priced Aiden O'Brien runners, they were still hitting the frame. And I just was three around a good race that day. I remember that. Wasn't being far away four or five lengths. The form does look okay. Yeah, um, um, that looks fair in this race. I mean, 
I mean, I think I think that's a bit disrespectful. I think he should be about thirty-three to one. But I, guess... okay, you do. I know, I know what you're like, Mother with Betfair. Is this a five-place job? An exchange? Yeah, possibly. It, it depends how many places they're paying out. But I, I think he could definitely run run a good race. But tactically, it's going to be interesting. Serpentine could go for the front. He's another horse that I was interested in this morning before the jockey bookings came out. Eminent McNamara has been booked for the ride, you know, so it's, it's not saying that's one of their stronger selections. But yeah, all the horses like Russian Emperor, like they look nice on paper, but I don't know, just just nagging doubts that I don't think their form is that good. And so I, Emperor not then for Chris Lola yeah, Mad each way. Mad each way. It could be a terrible each way. We'll see how it goes, Loder. But um, what about yourself, Carl? Are you are you with one of the Aidan O'Brien's? Which one do you like? I am no, I am. I, I do think Aidan O'Brien will make history this weekend as he as he lands in the Derby, but um, I'm not too sure he's going to take it with either the more fancy that would appear on paper in Mogul or uh, Chris's exotic on the Nabin or whatever it's called. Can we talk in a forecast? Uh, uh, perhaps. Um, no, the one I fancy is um, written by uh, Porik Beggy. Um, it's Vatican City. And he put in the performance of his life to date when chasing home Siskin in, in the Irish Guineas. Um, as Chris did uh, earlier, Aiden's horses generally do come on for a run. So <clears throat> I, I do think that this will be the making of him. Uh, um, the extra distance will certainly suit. And with the jockey having that vital course experience too, the winning derby experience, um, he'll know where to maneuver him at the right time, the right angles, the, the cut through the field, uh, and hopefully produce him with a willing nip run. I think that was a good run in the curl. Like, I think he sort of went under the radar because he was interfered with. He was. Slowly away. And, I mean, it goes back to what you were saying about the betting as well with Chris Anion still. He's went out for 14 to 1 that day. At Armory was apparently the more fancy runner, and he's, he's run a much better race. I think he probably could have been closer with a clear run. And he will appreciate the step up and trip. Um, and obviously, you've got the, the jockey experience as well. And I think he's he's a cracking bet, 10 to 1. Um, so, both, would both of you be against the English King and Chemical that's off the market? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to be superstitious or anything, but um, there's a lot of bad karma about English King. He doesn't seem to have any luck. Um, Tom Marcond has been jocked off for Frankie de Tory. He's also been given the death box and stole one. So. He yeah, has it all to do. Hey, couldn't it? I mean, that that's that could be Conor, you know. But what's your views on that anyway with the English King fiasco? It's up to the owner at the end of the day, is is my view on it. Um, the, the owner wants the best jockey, and I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that um, Tom Morcond is not as good a jockey as Frank Victoria. He absolutely is. He proves that on uh, very big price horses, especially of late. But uh, Frankie's the showman, he brings all the media attention and everybody will focus on that. And for breaking purposes, I suppose, maybe down the line, um, that will all be focused upon. Yeah, it's a big ask from, from Stall One. And I think it's one of these ones where you spring logically or think emotionally, you're either in one of the camps, and logically, it's exactly what Carl said, emotionally, you're thinking, you know, it's his big day. Um, I was sort of way more to the logical. I think Frankie's obviously a massive positive and he's going he's, he's to for delivering on the big day. Um, so we like in this race, Carl likes Vatican City ten to one, and Chris likes Amrat Nafahin hundred to one. Whatever will be your X riding, that's all you need to know. 
yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I quite like Russian Emperor. I mean, I was quite impressed with that one last time out. And um, I mean, if we can if we can get the Aidan O'Brien winner here, we're in trouble. Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, moving on to the Eclipse Stakes, Chris. I mean, this is a, this is a race that could really uh, could really haunt you unless you can get a hundred to one winner in the Derby with Unable. Um, you're against it again. Yeah, I just think. Obviously, she deserves to be favourite on what she's done, and she's been a great horse of the game over the last few years. Like, but she's been one of my favourite horses. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like against her, like for the fact that she's not good anymore. I think she's that still can be good, but, but I just wonder now if she's going to have that turn of foot that she's had the last couple of seasons. I just think that race when she took on Crystal Ocean, at um. Uh, Ascot and the King, yeah. yeah, Ascot and the King George. I just wonder if that maybe was the race of her life because that broke Crystal Ocean. He wasn't the same horse after that. That that was a that was a career defining race. And even though she did go on to win the Yorkshire Oaks quite impressively at York, beating Magical, which Magical has boosted that form many times since. I just think the arc might have left it. I just think that was a really, really hard, grueling race in the arc. And I know she's had plenty of time to get over it. And I know Gosden, he knows what he's doing and that. But I think this is one of the best races we've had so far this millennium. I really think, I really think it's a great renewal. The Eclipse, in my opinion, in the last few years, maybe hasn't been the strongest of group ones. Um, but, uh, but even though this is for four-year-olds and over, I must stress that there's going to be no three-year-olds in this race. I think all the best horses that could turn up were pretty much turned up uh, for the race. And Abel... Do you think that's interesting as well? Sorry, no, do you think they're all, they're all turned up as well because they think she's vulnerable? I think so. I think you're looking at Gareth, aren't you? He's probably going to make the running. And, and, if, and if he replicates his run in the Coronation Cup, he should win this. Um... I think he can easily get too far, and he and we know he's going to stay as well. He, he can get a mile and a half. That's not an issue with him, um, but but can he back it up? He's often tend to after a career best, he he has tended to like disappoint. Um, I just just got reminders last year of possibly after his impressive win in Germany, even though yes, it probably wasn't the greatest group one, he did go a bit mad in 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 the arc uh and if he and if that race at newmarket just left its scar on him which i think can which i think it might have done um i just think there could be a there could be a, a pace collapse and and an able could be involved in that um the ones like staying on but i just thought deirdre could be really interesting she's actually ran really well on a lot of her starts ever since she she come over to Europe, she obviously needed the run at Royal Ascot last year, but she was no fluke winner when she won at Glorious Goodwood. That was a, that was a genuine good win, you know. And then she was possibly a little bit unlucky in Ireland. I think I read somewhere Oshin Murphy. If he could have had one ride back, it would have been in the in the Champion Stakes at Leopardstown last year, where, uh, where he didn't he wasn't given a, a the best of rides. Um, yeah, yeah. and and she ran really well uh, out in Saudi Arabia 
uh, when they had their rich meeting there earlier in the year, you know, and she she's a closer. She likes to be played late. And I just think the pace from Gaeth will suit her. And she'll be staying on strongly at the end. There's no doubt about that. I could have easily put up Regal Reality, actually. I think he's... I'm going through, again, like everyone in the field, but I think you can't dismiss everybody's chances in this race. Um, so you should play an evil. That'd be your bet. The price is... She's currently... She's on the of placing. So that'd be your bet. Yeah, but I, I want to go with something of great value. I want to take a chance. I'd rather take a chance on a couple. I, I think... I think Deirdre for me is a solid each way bet. I think she can go. Re- best price at the moment. Eight runners. Yeah, if, well, if all eight do line up and run, um, I think I think she's got a great chance of making the frame. What about yourself, Carl? What, what are you with Fanable or what do you think? No, um, I mean I think John Dawson's done a fantastic job to to keep her in training so long as well yeah. he has. But I'd be a little bit disappointed if there wasn't something in the field that could possibly get her measure first time out um, this season. She, she comes here lacking a run. Um, there are a couple who have already had a run and will have a fitness edge over her. Um, and obviously, I'm going to come down on the side of Gaeth, and I'll tell you the reason why. I just think that he uh, obviously produced the goods over in Maidan back in February. And then he followed that up with a scintillating win. That's all the I can describe it as um, in the Coronation Cup uh, just a matter of weeks ago. Um, he does have some very tough opponents, obviously, lining up against him here. Um, the one that I thought maybe could give him most to do should enable Field to turn up uh, would possibly be a Magic Wand at each race. Um, she took a good two at the Curra in decent style. Um, last time out, we know she stayed this far and uh, she could be a potential player, given that she gets three pounds off the boys, you know, uh, that alliance. Um, what I did notice, though, was um, another one of the opponents, Lord North. The only time that he's ever put in a really bad run um, was at Sandown last year. Um, he finished last of the eight runners behind King of Comedy. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was a one-off, maybe not. And he has been a revelation this year in what we have seen, but Sometimes horses, that plays in their mind a bit, and the tracks he, just sort of it's it sticks in their minds. So he, I can't, I can't. As much as I like Lord North, I can't be having him. He has had a gelding operation that that's been the key to him apparently. Um, right. But before that, he was an absolute head case, apparently. <laughs> and and as we've seen in recent weeks, get, get have be, ha, having a gelding operation is the key. First three home, weren't they, in the Prince of Wales, all geldings. Oh, there you go. So um so yeah so that that's probably the reason why we've seen the improvement from Lord North and I get your point about Sandown and the track but uh I think if if the Gelding operation like they said has really been the key to turning him around into a Group One horse then obviously he's going to be a major player if he did turn up. You'd be hoping that all eight run as well so there is a potential burning if you want to play each way. Um, I think one advantage with Charlie Alfred is Guy if he's stays further. Um, so I mean, if he does turn out as you know, he will keep going. Um, and this sort of trip over Sandown could be could be tailor made for him. Um, enable, you know, just I think it's uh, she's showing off the four or five. Uh, I think there's enough in this field to be taken. I mean, if you could get five to four of this field, um, surely you'd be all over that. So Chris, um, Chris likes a bit of the order twenty fives. Carl likes Gaia, currently a five to two best price. Um, and I'll play, play safe and 
play unable um, and keep that run going for Chris Loder so he doesn't get any agony space if he's unable to come out for. Um, <laughs> is there any other other picks that you guys fancy this weekend and if else for the punters? Yeah, um, just quickly, it's a brilliant weekend, isn't it, of racing. In France, we've got the French Derby and the French Oaks, and I think there's some horses running over there that I think should be running over here. Uh, I think I think uh, Peaceful goes for the pre-Diane. I'd love to have seen her run in the Epsom Oaks. Like I said before and said earlier, I think she's num- uh, the number one Bally Doyle filly. Think, um, I think she's the best in Aino Brian's yard. That's just my own personal opinion, but... Uh, obviously, she might not win at the weekend, but I think she'll be really, uh, she'll be very close uh, with Alpine Star. I think it'll be a match between the two, but there's one or two others in that race. But I think Peaceful, I, I just have to put her up because she's one of my favourite fillies in training. Uh, moving on to the pre Joggy Club, I've got a fancy there as well. Uh, I'm all over Ocean Atlantique here for Andre Fab. Uh, Victor Lodorum is the favourite, I believe, at the current time we're recording this on the Thursday evening uh, for Godolphin. But I just think Victor Lodorum, he won a very poor French 2000 guineas and I'm not sure he wants a mile and a half. I think maybe 10 furlongs he could get, but the extra two furlongs, I, I think he'll struggle. Ocean Atlantique looks like he's been uh, tailor-made for this race. I think this has probably been the plan all season. He's got Pierre-Charles Bordeaux but for the ride what what else is there to like you know um lots more i think he could be even a player in the arc later on in the season but um yeah i think ocean Atlantic, he would be uh, my selection in the pre de jockey club certainly wants to take north uh, i know during lockdown lucky the others has turned into a bit of a french judge um but yeah listen it's been great guys thanks thanks for coming on chris and carl um I'm confident we can get a few winners this weekend. Canadian O'Brien deliver a hundred to one winner for Lucky Loaders, or can that I can say deliver another winner? Paddy Beggy and Carl in the big the big race of the weekend, the Epsom Derby. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Thanks, guys.